Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Glorio Chat, the best anime podcast on the internet. I have yet another exciting new project to announce. Um, oh, I just uh, inked a deal with Netflix for the live action version of the Glorio Chat. Oh wow! <laughs> so uh, everyone can look forward to seeing their favorite scenes recreated shot for shot uh with uh um, you know which, of course wait, I with... can't wait for the legend of the galactic heroes arc yeah which which one of us is going to be played by scarlett johansson <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we're, we're working on the casting still but you know we'll uh we'll we'll, we'll just shoot it with with uh you know darker lighting and more muted colors to i'm make sorry it I, I, I don't do this can we get a mourn, mournful uh, it... remix of chala hechala <laughs> Look, and, and is that also, a theme song? Wait, really? No, it would be like a mournful like remix Bradio. of like Bradio. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. Anyways, like I'm sorry to keep like I don't. It is is that show out yet? Cow- We're talking about Cowboy Bebop. I know. For no, is that actually everybody out? not in on the joke? Like, yeah, no, it comes out, out. It comes out okay. Friday. Okay, I was like, I think I think some of the I think some impressions are out there. Yeah, I think some of the NDAs have been That's lifted. That's probably what I'm thinking of. I was like, I feel like I've already seen takes online. But... Yeah, so, so my understanding is uh, Twitter impressions are, are allowed and proper reviews can drop uh, tomorrow as of this recording. Oh, really? Interesting. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, I think this Friday, which would be the 19th, is when it's supposed to actually come out. Well, but, we should uh, probably save that discourse for the next podcast then. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was just thinking about that and just in general it feels like netflix and all the other streaming services are like constantly announcing new shows here so we should mm. really get in on that right yeah get that but, netflix uh... money <laughs> no, no. yeah call me up netflix anyway uh we got some anime to talk about we are uh almost halfway ish through the season i've finally Ouch. caught up with everything finally um and there are some really good things going on uh, there's some things to watch some things to watch but uh we will uh get into that so to introduce everybody i'm gel i'm joined by iro i'm still here not dead yet and we've got g i'm here to talk about the pure unsullied path that god had forged <laughs> that has been ruined turned into a muddled poisonous swamp at the hands of anime uh, I mean, are we all just more pitiable lost lambs being bled on God's altar? Thanks, anime. Yeah. All right. <laughs> when when God comes to judge us, he'll be looking through our the annals of our accomplishments. Our and anime he'll be folders. Like, he'll be like, so, uh, hold on, what's this around 1960? Anime? <laughs> uh, mm All right, it's rapture time. So, mm. uh, so, gee, how's your first impressions of Shin Megami Tensei Five? If anybody wasn't picking that up, I like it. I, I genuinely do. I mean, I I have always held a a a sick a sick obsession with the Shin Megami Tensei games. I I love their grimy vibe, just uh, their unapologetic, just uh, willingness to 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 ball harder than just about any other JRPG series out there. And uh, so far, you know, I'm only like three, four hours into five, but uh, I'm I'm picking up what it's putting down. I, I'm digging what it's doing. You know, it's it's the kind of game where like you start out at a high school. Oh, oh, really? 
Okay. For about six minutes. Oh. (laughs) For about... I'm not even joking. You start out in the fucking classic Persona High School. You literally start in your home room, you know, your classroom, Mm -hmm. walking around talking to people, and then you go to the subway station, and then the world ends. And then the world just ends. And you wake up, and it's a horrible demon-filled apocalyptic landscape. Oh, it's shit. great. It's great. Like zero, zero transition, zero explanation of how things went to shit. It's just like, oops, all demons. Nice. And you're yeah, just I've... left to figure it no, out. No, you were the demons. I've been, uh, I've been debating whether I want to give that a whirl. I feel like my mindset is in the right place after uh, finishing Dungeon Encounters. Dungeon <laughs> Encounters, yeah, you're. Uh... Uh, you know, shout out to that game again. Uh, Let Hiroki Ito make a new Final Fantasy game. Yes, please. So, I might. Uh, I, I have. I have vacation coming up soon. I might. Sure. Uh, grab I mean, like, that not not to like make that reach, but I do kind of feel like, in a ways, I see the like design lineage of like something like Shin Megami Tensei leading to Dungeon Encounters of just like this like pure mechanics based approach to video game design. Right. Right. With just um, enough RNG-based fuckery to uh, <laughs> to drive you a little bit crazy, right? Yeah, it 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 feels it feels like it's in that that same neighborhood. So yeah. I might need to. I I still have the appetite for that. It might be the time for me to get onto it. But um, yeah, that's that's two uh, cursed games we never thought were going to happen in a row for you, G. Because we just did Super Robot Wars last uh, time. I know, right? I'm still <laughs> playing that too. It's really good, by the way. We should watch Gun X Sword someday, Era. Yeah, another and also Elgheim uh, and also the King of Braves, Gal Gar. Yes, yes. Uh, Super Robot Wars 30 adding a lot of anime to my to my backlog. Yes, as if you needed more. Yeah, I'm, I don't we, know. Is, I'm, is I'm, our I'm, next podcast just the, the Dunbine Elgheim Hour <laughs> Hour? Like, which is the Tomino, like, non-Gundam, like, The Dungheim podcast. Yeah. Like, uh, are you going to fit Zabungle in there, too, somehow? I'm already in the middle of Zabungle. I'm sorry. Well, if I want to watch Zabungle... We should I'm... watch Zabungle, though. That shit slaps. Uh, but yeah i don't know yeah i'm 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 feeling a little blessed right now like despite some of the the hard things that are going on both in the world and in my own personal life at the moment Mm -hmm. i feel like uh in terms of video games yeah i'm I'm doing okay this year honestly like a lot of games that feel like they were aimed specifically at me are coming out so i i certainly can't complain yeah good times good times all right well Let's move away from the anime-adjacent games to actual anime. And we'll talk about the uh, shows we're still watching uh, as a couple things have dropped off. uh, Yeah, I mean... uh, But there's still quite a few things we're still watching. I I mean, you know, like, I think, you know, this season is maybe not hitting as hard as, say, a spring 2021. But, like, the fact that there's still, like, half a dozen shows on this list that we're all keeping up with, I think, is... Mm -hmm. And a yeah. couple and a couple this, of these are we, we really would be good. Calling this a pretty strong season in any other year, I think. Yes, yeah. I, I would. It, ha- it has yeah. to exist in the same time space as possibly the best single season in the entire time we've been doing this. <laughs> yes, fair enough. Yeah. So let's talk about. Uh, we'll warm up a bit and talk about Aquatope on White Sand. Well, speaking of the harsh reality of being employed, mm. I, I am continuing to love the fact that they have completely transitioned over to the full workplace. Yes. Uh, drama, as we talked about last time, 
And this being sort of the middle of the show, we're kind of hitting some of the different characters. Mm -hmm. So, like, uh, the first episode in this block, we uh, learn a little bit more about the uh, the part-timer girl in the marketing Mm -hmm. department. Yeah. And they get into the, like, the thing where, like, everybody in the show is super passionate about aquariums for whatever reason. But she's like, I'm just here because I needed a job. (laughs) Right. I mean, it's like, it's, I, I really appreciate that, honestly. I mean... You know, I think it's, like, it's kind of sweet that, like, at the end, she decides to, like, you know, put in the extra time that she's paid for. That she's yes, fairly they explicitly make for. sure we'll pay you for your overtime. Yes. yes uh, which, uh, boy, w- that sounds nice. Uh, uh, I'm not going to say anything else about that. But, um, you know, and it, you know, it's a little sweet that, you know, even at the end, she kind of grows to, like, like the aquarium a little bit more. But, like, I'm not going to lie. I almost kind of wish by the end of that episode she was still, like... Yeah, this is a pretty good gig, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm just here. I'm just here for the paycheck. I'm here right? for the paycheck because it's like um, there's nothing yeah. wrong with that, right? Like, I mean, I think even the show gets into that, right? Like when um, oh my god, I'm getting everybody's names mixed up at this point. Uh, when when <laughs> uh former idol girl uh, is talking Fuka? Fuka when Fuka is talking to Kukuru, right? And Kukuru's all like, man. I don't know how I feel about, like, taking over, uh, I think the part-timer's name is Akari. Akari is, like, a suggestion, you know? Like, you know, and I, I feel like she's not, like, as passionate about it as she could be. And Fuka's just like, you know, I think, honestly, most people do not work in the occupation that they're passionate about. Right. right. And it's like, damn. Yeah, I, I think it, it's, like, this for a show that is still... Even even though they have their moments of reality, it's still obviously overly optimistic and, uh, like, yes. mm-hmm. you know, very, you know, overly sweet and everybody's, you know, we've only have one person in a cast of, like, 20 people here that is not super passionate about fish and, like, right. aquariums and stuff like that. But at least they acknowledge, like, that that's a thing. Oh, for right? sure, yeah. I, I, can, um, I can definitely appreciate that. And they even have, like, the moment, because she kind of comes to realize, like, all these people are still, like working hard and sometimes their job still sucks and they're not having fun all the time (laughs) even though they're doing what they're passionate about so right i mean i I think that's also the other angle of this episode i really appreciated where they talk about how hey just because you're doing something that is your passion doesn't mean it's not work like right right. it's still and in fact it mean your passion and your job is yeah, they, they throw out, like, complex like that, emotions. that yes. saying we all hate about, like, you know, if you do what you love, you won't work a day in your life. They're like, no, <laughs> that's, that's, bullshit. that's, a, that's a, not all, true at all. Uh, so they no, acknowledge <laughs> it's like it's like you can be satisfied with the results, but getting there is still a pain in the ass a lot. Oh, time, yeah, totally. Right. right. Yeah. Like, they kind of get into that, right? Like, you could fucking you can love the shit out of these fish, but like there are still aspects of that job that are a pain in the ass, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So that 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 was that was a that was a neat episode, and then I know G, you mentioned you haven't seen the latest. Right. One. I assume they pay off on like the stinger of the prior episode of like Kukuru being offered her own like project um, or whatever. Kind of, but oh, okay. the 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 big the big plot line is the because for some reason these PA work shows always have to have an episode where a TV crew shows up. Oh so, man. Oh boy. Um, a a TV show being put on by Fuka's old idol production company. Of course, comes by. Uh-huh. So it's it. We, we were we were overdue to check in on how Fuka's doing because like I mean, she Fuka's came, been like weirdly irrelevant for like the last few episodes. Yeah, constantly. like she came she came back after the the midpoint break yeah. after the time skip, 
but she's been just kind of like she went from like the other main character to like one of the side characters right yeah basically and um so she gets so she gets an episode to catch up with how she's going and um i have to say i'm kind of i don't know if it's surprised but i'm glad that they've they've doubled down on her decision to leave the idol industry because i i thought that there was still like maybe a 50 to 60 percent chance that she was going to get back into that right and they make it very clear that she has no regrets about leaving the idol industry and this is what she wants to do in this episode that's that's cool to hear Uh, honestly because i i feel like my worry was always like well they will fold the idol stuff back in somehow, right? Because I mean, even uh, even Sakura Quest, right, had that plot line about like the f- not the failed actor, but like the actress, the uh, yeah, I forget her name, but you know the tomboyish one, right? Yeah, and, the, like the, yeah, and how like the message of Sakura Quest was like just because you like maybe you didn't you couldn't make it in like your original passion doesn't mean you can't find ways to incorporate it, it and, right, into your life your... in other ways, right? Right. But, uh, so I was really ready for that to come up with Fuka, right? But okay, even though you couldn't, you know, even though you quit the idol business, you'll still, like, you know, end up on stage somehow, right? Yeah, so, um, yeah, they pretty definitively, uh, decide that, hey, she's done. She has no regrets. She, this is what she wants to do. And she's moved on with her life, which, you know, I'm looking back at, you know, when we were maybe halfway through the first season and, like, you know, I'm predicting she's going to save the aquarium with, with, with her, her idol with powers. Her idol powers, yeah. <laughs> right, yes. <laughs> which, yes. which would have been, the, like, the most obvious anime way to do it. Right. And I'm, I'm glad they did not go that route. Cause yeah, it's, it's, it's cool we're, that we're they are... We're going into territory that we're not normally going into. Yeah, it, it definitely makes me wonder how the show is going to wrap up in the end, right? Because I feel like... Is it going to be the thing of, like, maybe Kukuru doesn't actually, like, save the old aquarium, right? Like, this is not going to end with her reopening it, right? But maybe this is going to end with Kukuru becoming the, like, lead director of, like, a section of Tingara, right? Like, right. Is, is it going to be that sort of thing of, like, she's still going to find a place that feels right for her, even if it is like not the same location that she's always held this like emotional connection to. Yeah, and I think honestly, I almost feel like that might be healthier, right? Of like, yeah. look, like life is sometimes about letting go of things and finding new connections, right? Yeah. The only thing that is still hanging to me that thinks that that plot line isn't totally dead is the the, the magic element. Oh right, <laughs> Which... little. Oh yeah, what's little, up? What's what's up with that dude? The little demigod boy. Yes. Yeah. So like, <laughs> so like in the, the the old aquarium, we still like see him pop in here and there. But like the, the old aquarium had the thing where you would like see your dead loved ones or whatever right. in the aquarium. Yes. Yes. And like that, I don't need them to necessarily explain that, but I feel like you brought it up. It should be there relevant. Is... <laughs> It'd be better if they followed up on it. Somehow. There is and, an and, undeniable like supernatural aspect. And, to... Yeah. And obviously, after they closed the aquarium, that just went away. So, like, right. I don't know if they're going to come back to that in some capacity. If if the the magic powers are going to follow Kukuru to the new place or something, I don't know. But um, yeah. Overall, I mean, again, I like it's still a little too maybe uh, optimistic and cheery to be like super realistic, but 
I they've also gone directions that I was not expecting them to go to go, and you know those little those little uh you know gut punches of reality that they throw in there are always entertaining with yeah, TV for shows. Sure. So, all right, uh, let's move on to talk about uh, the Hakus story. I have caught up on this completely. Okay. Okay. All right. Uh, it's very good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's a pr- lot. <laughs> Spoilers. Pretty good. Uh, pretty good I, anime. <laughs> I feel like they really stepped their game up in episode nine, presentation wise. Nine very much feels like. Um, I, I mean, Eero is the one who clued me into this, but the eps- the end of episode nine is portraying what is apparently like one of the iconic mo- moments of the Heika story. And so it kind of feels like this is very much meant to be a very, like, Noted not the, thema- like, like, yes, a thematic set piece to the story. And I think they do a really magnificent job framing it. They uh, really you know, rose just, to the occasion, even just, like, in the, like, the technical presentation. Like, oh, yeah. totally. Like, the but show yeah, always looks good. Yeah. But <laughs> this, this was, like from tv to like movie quality like right i mean i I, we have i haven't really mentioned it here in the podcast yet but you know we have talked about how good this anime looks but the thing i've really appreciated is like you get those like you get those shots every now and then in in the heika story anime where like the coloring and the style of line art and the composition feel like it is intentionally emulating like Japanese style like woodblock print. Yes. Like have you got like like I think the most notable example of that is like when the Heika set like torch their own like fucking ancestral home and as they flee right. from it. And like there's that like fucking like mix of like the like green of the ocean and like the ref- the like golden reflection of the fire of the burning buildings off of it that is just like immaculate. Like it's mm-hmm. it's and I think there's one like that in episode nine as well. There's a, a lot of the coloring feels like it's intentionally kind of like emulating that that style of artwork, and it's yeah, it's it's just so impressive. Like I'm really bowled over by it. Yeah, and you combine that and the way they're uh, telling the story in a way, even though if, if you know it's technically let's say history based, like you could look up in Wikipedia <laughs> what's going to happen next, or you can really even guess right. what's happening next, even if you don't know. Like, um mm-hmm. it's it's like a slow, slow moving, you know, car crash here. Um they really get you emotionally invested in it. Like Oh totally. Oh yeah. Like, absolutely. There's some really powerful moments as, you know, things are rapidly going downhill for uh, you know, the Heikas that are, you know, on the run here and you know, G, you mentioned last time. You know, when Yoshitsune shows up, it's a <laughs> it's a wrap, and that's pretty much where we're at, right? Yeah, like <laughs> you show, yeah, he shows like, up, but he's just like <laughs> quiet force of nature, almost. Yeah, I really like it. Like, I was very curious how the Genji were going to be portrayed in this story. Uh, I think we've talked about like the very strange, but. Again, it's it's almost I wish I could speak to like, I don't know, a native Japanese speaker or someone who like went to school in Japan and like ask them like is this actually how Yoritomo was? Like is this portrayal of Yoritomo like what you learned at school? <laughs> or, or or is this or like is there a certain cultural context that explains this portrayal of Yoritomo as this sort of like hem-hawing kind of weak-willed like guy who just happens to be the one who like ends up winning the whole thing right? 
Right. You know, because, like, we see here, right? Like, there is the brief, like, Genji Civil War, right? Like, Yoshinaka, the, right. the more uncouth one, tries to, like, take over, and, like, he gets got. And then Yoshitsuna shows up, and he's kind of just, as, as Iroso put it, like, a force of nature. He's barely even a character yet. Like, he just shows up, and the Heika are, like, obliterated. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's it's really interesting. I feel like... And I kind of dig it, honestly. Like, I, I... Because we have spent so much time with the Heika, I don't mind that even here, as we watch them tragically get snuffed out one by one, like... Mm-hmm we are still mostly viewing their perspective and yeah yeah the inevitable just, tragedy of it they give you just enough um taste of the big picture to know what's going on but they're not yeah. foc- they, they they're not putting too much focus on that like it, like in, you know in episode 9 you have a lot of big battles and things happening but they happen in like you know in a few minutes yeah and like the big the big climax of the episode is a single one-on-one yeah, totally. fight right. in the, you know, um, which is, and it's, like, incredibly powerful. Totally, uh, right. It's, it's, and, like, it, it definitely, like, it, it's, you know, I guess, in hindsight, you know, like, this is my fault for not knowing the history, I get, but not whatever. Well, I, th- I, I am enjoying this show for what it is, but it, now it has me wondering, like, oh, man, like, were people who were, like, watching this show who are familiar with the history, like, the section, the session, the not uh, the second that Atsumori shows up earlier on. Oh, they're just like, oh, this poor, oh, that oh guy. this <laughs> poor, beautiful <laughs> young man, right? right? Like this, like, because I, 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 I even remember I when I was watching and when that guy showed up, I was like, this dude is like really weirdly pretty. Like, what's up with this guy? <laughs> and it's yeah. Like, oh, it's perfect, right? Like it. They had set it up as soon as he had showed up, like what his fate was going to be in episode mm-hmm. nine, you know, like the literally too pretty to kill. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, uh, I mean, I don't really know the history either. I'm just assuming everybody's going to die except, well, except for Biwa. Cause she's the original character. Yeah. The original yes. character telling the story. Speaking but of, I do kind of want to briefly get into like Biwa stuff in the la- latest episode, right? Where she finally right. finds her mother. And yes, like, yes. this it's, it's a really it's a like, scene great scene yeah where like she this is ha- this has been her like end game goal this whole show right basically is to find her mother and then she finds her mother and is frankly disappointed by right <laughs> what she finds right like yeah. you know when her mother like actively admits oh yeah i abandoned you and your father the moment my future vision told me i would and it's like yep because it made my life easier right and just like and when Biwa is like no that's not my birth name I'm Biwa now it's like yeah it's a cool bit of self-actualization right like she has internalized who she is and unlike her mother she is going to embrace the power she has been given for good or ill right like she will bear witness to the end of the Heika right uh, Mm -hmm. no matter what yeah it's like even if she can't change what she sees she's going to look at look at in the stare it in the eye look right. at it yeah. like and, and commit yes. to memory right to prove that these mm-hmm. people's lives had meaning right like they were not just i mean other than kiyomori they were not just <laughs> villains right they were not just like you know the monsters in the story they were people and they had their own agendas and mm-hmm. wants and uh yeah you know. <laughs> they just it's swept up in all of it but yeah it's 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 just really good i i you know 
I talked about it being, you know, dry or whatever the first couple episodes, but after you get kind of used to who everybody is and right, everything, yes. it's it's really great. I so. mean, again, I don't right, want to go full when you when you get like think about like an episode like one or two Sukumori was just like that punk kid, right? Like, the uncouth brother, and yes. now he's like the hey kid never had honor, right? Yes, it's very <laughs> it's good, like, geez, right. dude. Yeah, like. Oh man, just yeah. What like again? It's like not to go full boss baby here, but like again, it's kind of like how when we all first started watching Legends of the Galactic Heroes, (laughs) and like we were like, man, there's a lot of people on screen. I don't know if I can keep up with this. And then like twenty episodes later, you're like, yeah, damn, what's what's Attenborough been up to lately? (laughs) I mean, there's still a lot of people I don't remember Legends of the Galactic Heroes, but But, like, I mean, for example, the main, the main, like all, like Reinhardt's admirals and everybody. Sure. Sure. But I mean, to go back to Hank, it's like, for example, I mean, it kind of helps that only one of the bald old men is left. (laughs) Yes. It's a lot easier (laughs) to identify him. That was, that was, I think, I think you could kind of tell by their clothes maybe, but like, yeah, yeah, it was really shaped heads. Yes. I know they do. Which, which terrible bald old man are we looking at right now? Like when Emperor, Go, Shirakawa, and Kiyomori are like in the same fucking like, or are appearing back to back. Right. And you're like, oh, hang on. (laughs) Hang on a second. Who are these dudes? Is this later in the day or is this a different person? (laughs) Right. Uh, yeah. All right. So, I mean, Good I guess show. with the timing, that's probably going to be ending way sooner than everything else. Yeah, so we're kind of hitting the end yeah. game on this, whereas, you know, we're kind of yeah. halfway with everything else. So I mean, like, spoilers, but, like, you know, for the history, it's extremely funny that Yoshitsune fucking shows up in episode 9. And by the next podcast, he'll probably be dead. Eh, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> like, I'll the... Well... That's uh. He's got to jump. He's got to jump the eight boats. Like, yeah. like Yoshitsune doesn't win the war. I mean, he does, but he also he doesn't win in terms of getting to live to see the end of the war. Yeah, so. that's how uh, that's how war goes sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> it's some real fucking Dynasty Warriors shit. Shout you know? out like, to the two seconds of Ben K. We get. Uh, yes. Also, we finally get Ben K. <laughs> shouts to Ben K. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we will probably get Ben K holding the bridge sometime. Hell yeah! In like the next couple of episodes. Yeah, maybe by next uh, podcast cool. here. All right. Well, that's real good. Let's uh, let's move on to talk about uh, Tact Opus Destiny. Well, we speaking to- of another take, a great take on a country's cultural history. And- All right. Well, mm-hmm. before before that, I do need to say my piece about the uh, the Texas episode. Mm. Okay. We- we we did we did uh say last podcast episode oh man what if they go to texas next right which would be like the most stereotypical american place to go right no it wasn't and um th- th- i'm not going to say the episode was bad because in a vacuum it was fine <laughs> but it felt like a missed opportunity because they did not so they, they end up going through Houston or something. Right. And, but they're and, mostly just stopping there for two seconds. Yeah. Right, like, they like, basically like stop for supplies or something. Most of it's on a train. Yeah. I do like and train. we episode. don't really get any wacky uh, anime Texas right. in that episode. All we, get is, all we get is wacky character from the mobile game. Yes. Also, also, we get... Um, see, on one hand, I totally agree that like we not getting anime Texas is deeply unfortunate. On the other hand, that lady is named Hell, and her power <laughs> is she grows fucking, like, Beyblade feet, and... Uh-huh. Just kicks things in half. Fucking cuts that D2 
into four pieces. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, damn, just another problematic waifu to add to the list. Yeah, she's a little she's a little problematic. <laughs> <laughs> just um uh, but um very leads to the very wacky line in the next episode where they say, Hey, we got the report from hell uh yes. about the shipment. Right. <laughs> um I actually I actually liked that in in the the second episode. So the, the, that one they go to New Orleans. They go to anime yes. New Orleans. Which they actually it, it's not really wacky, but they get a little into it. Um they do go to like a general store from like the 1800s. Uh. Yes, again with the like absurd, <laughs> buying like... buying they buy tomato sauce, <laughs> corn flakes and yellow mustard. Yeah, I want to know it. I want to know what they're doing. On the road. I want to know what they're doing with that. (laughs) Only I would argue only those cornflakes are are acceptable like road food. So I I will again say for posterity here, if if in the next episode there is just a one-off visual gag of them having to eat cornflakes with tomato sauce and mustard. I will forgive this entire bit, Absolutely. and in fact, Tact Opus will be anime of the year. <laughs> yeah, that's anime. That's anime of the year uh, quality right there. Uh, but that, that that hinges on them actually making good on that one visual gag later. Gonna get like what? What's the equivalent of, of what's the equivalent of the show of sword smothering a birthday size birthday cake size steak and ketchup? Like God, just like fucking what? Like instead of pouring milk into your cornflakes, you're pouring tomato sauce. <laughs> Jesus. Oh God. <laughs> I'm like thinking about that. Um, yeah, that and they well, bought it from like plain, this. Like, well, plain cornflakes are just starch. Like they have no flavor. It's just, it, it's just the combination corn. of textures and things, though. I, not yeah, sit well I with can't. me. Um, at that and they bought it from like a general store. Yes, it was like it was right. like from 1895. <laughs> right, like this uh, dude coming out of fucking Oregon Trail or something. Yeah, he's <laughs> taking things off the sh- cans off the shelf for them. Um, yeah, so that was pretty funny. Um, but I, I liked that they don't have a, do they they have a fight in episode six at all? No. Yeah, there's no fight. Not really, no. It is kind of a purely character building episode. And they actually just get to, well, I mean, actually, so he, Tact basically finds a underground jazz club in New Orleans, right? And they kind of use that as the vehicle to learn more about his father and all that. But, um... I will shout out that when they find the piano, they actually tune the piano. Yes, he tunes the piano. Um, but, you know, he was playing music, so I was expecting that we were sure. going to get a fight. That's how, well, how the know, formula I'm has sure, gone. I'm sure they soundproofed that room, you know? They planned yeah. ahead, you know? It's, <laughs> it's it's underground. It's soundproofed. It's uh, pretty chill. I, I, I will say, like, just as a brief aside, I know this game and this anime are about classic music. Uh-huh. So, of course, they're going to lean into that, but... Not a lot of jazz for an episode that takes place in New Orleans, I gotta say, you know? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, at least they acknowledge that they were not playing jazz. Yes, look, they played the Saints Go Marching in for like 20 seconds. Yeah, Yeah, they they had had a little uh, Louis Armstrong in there. um, Which is like, fine, that's your lip service, I guess, but... At least they're like, oh, well, yeah, I guess we can put on some classical music if that's what you want. Yeah. (laughs) So... uh, I'm not gonna lie, I actually did not mind... I think... I feel like Tact Opus is ironically it acts again. Maybe it is the connection with the writer, but I feel like it is in many ways kind of like sliding into this sort of like vanishing line esque format of like 
it is saving its budget for the big set piece episodes like yeah you know the one where hell kicks a demon into quarters mm-hmm. like they're gonna save their budget for moments like that and in exchange we're going to get these kind of slower character based episodes of like fucking the girls just doing random yakuza-esque side quests for the townspeople <laughs> gotta get that like, cat down get the cat yeah. off the roof gotta, gotta, yeah. gotta fucking fix this porch appease this this delusional this woman that woman. lost her daughter or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. The, the, definitely had that yakuza substory uh, energy yes but, um I, I mean i was expecting cosette to smash through somebody's house at some point and it just never happened so <laughs> right um, the old by the way just one point this show takes place in like 2047 or something like that old those these like old women are millennials Yes, uh, yes, they are our they, age. They, they, like, the, they, they yeah. grew up on TikTok and yes. and Vines. Uh, so having them be like, why don't you come in for some apple jam is like, I it's like wanna, some hilarious. Yeah, like, yes, the idea that like, oh man, anybody in our fucking age bracket yeah. <laughs> is going to be th- acting like a fucking 50s era Americana grandma in like 20 yeah. years is extremely funny to me. I don't want to think... I don't want to think too hard about how old I'll be. Will I still be alive in 24? Yes, I'll still be alive in 2047. Okay. Don't say that. Don't say that. I, I had to do some quick mental math on that one. Sure. Jesus uh, Woo! That depends uh, on how many environmental disasters we have. Dude. This podcast I feel like taking I'm not, a dark, dark turn I, I here. feel like I'm not even joking anymore when I say, you know it in some like bizarre roundabout way, the America of Tact Opus Destiny seems like a more promising version of America's future than the one we actually have. (laughs) Oh, well, you know, everyone's forced to stay in their homes and, uh... Not play music ever? Yeah. Look, I'll I'll, I'll give up music in exchange for apparently Las Vegas being habitable enough to, like, farm (laughs) in in 20 years. The Earth earth is healing, yes, from, uh... (laughs) (laughs) The East is burning red, almost... Uh, shit. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'm not. I mean, other than maybe the cool moments of uh, hell kicking that thing to death, um, uh-huh. not the most exciting episodes, but they're still pretty solid. Solid. I think yeah. as far as you know, we're our, our middle of the show, middle of the series, uh, you know, filler show episodes here. Um, I, I think they still do a good job of making me not hate the characters when I very easily could hate the characters, right. <laughs> particularly yeah. Tact, who I don't love, but he's, like, tolerable because the the show keeps him in his place, I guess. Right. I mean, characters like Tact only work if the cast is willing and ready to shit on that character. They're yes. like, no, moment. stay in the car. We'll blow we'll yeah. the windows down a little bit. He's not, he, like, because he is, like, a, uh, I guess a musical, is he a musical genius or he's just really good at piano? I don't know. Yeah, he might as well be, right? But he's that type of character, which is usually good at everything and, and, you know, does no wrong. And the, the show does a good job of keeping him in his place. And he's not, like, awful. Like. No, he's not, like, terrible. He has some humanity to him. Yes. Um, so I think that helps a lot when they very easily had, they stuck like real tight to the anime stereotypes. I mean, they're still kind of stereotypes, but if they if they were really tight to them, I think it would have been a lot more annoying. So definitely, that helps us get through these episodes that are just you know everybody hanging out, uh, for sure. So 
<sighs> well, speaking of shows that stick to stereotypes in the mm. absolute worst ways imaginable. Yeah. See, so you guys are still watching Kyokai Senki, huh? For some reason. God. How's that been going? <laughs> All right. Let me let, let me let me let me put it as succinctly as I can here, which is watching Kyokai Senki makes me think back. It makes me flash back to a decade and a half ago and go, yeah, Kokios wasn't that bad. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I am I am looking back on Code Geass and Iron Blooded Orphans with oh, wow. rose tinted glasses <laughs> oh, because wow. of Kyokai Senki. Wow. This anime is so fucking generic. Like this is like it's not even offensively bad. Like this is not an Old Noah Zero. This is not a Gundam Seed. Like Kyokai Senki is just so painfully mediocre. Yes. That like I am looking back at some of the most famous train wrecks in Mecca and going, you know, at least those had memorable moments. They still swung for right. offenses, like you know, they made that pizza in Code Geass with the mech. Uh huh. They made a mech-sized pizza. That and one Code Geass, when they rode the train, Code Geass, and they, they dramatically said, "Look at how the rich foreigners are living compared to the Japanese ghetto." Like at least it looked like a fucking ghetto in Code Geass. At least so, I had. A concept of why it was like this. Right, and also, like, again, it's just like, I know this is not the show to question this stuff. I know that I am nitpicking things this show doesn't care to answer. It brought it but up! Like, but because this is a show that has positioned itself as political, then I believe I have the right to question its politics. Exactly! And yep. a lot of the most recent episodes have mostly been focusing on the oppression of the Japanese at the hands of the occupying forces. Primarily, the Chinese-coded faction that are literally just called the Asians. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they're just every fucking sne- sneering, like, s- just short of racial caricature stereotype mm. of, like... Ear. Like, there's a... Like, there's they're, a, like, one step away from giving them slanted eyes or something. Like. Oh, I mean, they have them. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. All right, I mean, well... No, no, no. Kyokoseki <laughs> is doing... Th- Kyokoseki is doing the anime thing of every Japanese person looks like a regular anime character. Right. But the moment someone who is ethnically Asian that is not Japanese shows up, they immediately default to, like... Mm the most obvious racial caricature. Mm. And, like, it's even crazier than that because, like, you know, you got this, like, fucking squinty-eyed devil man showing up with pointy elf ears mm. to further emphasize how villainous he is. Um, I, don't, and, like, I don't like that. <laughs> and they do an extremely poor job of explaining where the oppression comes from. And this is not me, like, taking some neoliberal tact of, like, well, you know, oppression has to be, like, rational. There has to be a reason for oppression. I'm not saying that. But in a piece of fiction in which you are positioning a people as being colonized and oppressed, you need a way better reason than just, like, base cruelty. Like, right. I I'm, I can't, like, yes. we're, we've talked about this, of, like, <clears throat> the reason why we, we're even looking back at Code Geass more fondly is, like, Code Geass actually did the legwork to explain why multiple nations would try to colonize Japan right. by giving Japan a like made-up resource that it has almost like exclusive rights to. Yes, you know, uh, and, and so like that justified, you know, I mean, you know, not to, you know, not to get too political here, but you know, it's almost kind of like why America fights all its wars in the Middle East, right? Oil, like right. Code Geass had Sakuradite or whatever it was yeah. called. As far as we know, <laughs> Japan in Kyokai Senki has nothing. 
It is just regular what Japan. What are you talking about? We have all of these beautiful traditional crafts and yet, like pot for making some reason, <laughs> and for some reason, yes, like also yes they, they've done this like really weird like i would almost call nationalist dog whistle thing of like the reason why the occupiers are truly evil is because they're like intentionally targeting like japanese like heritage right they're they're destroying our our traditional like pottery kilns and 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 they're you know destroying our ceremonial tea houses and and like again, I don't think this show is necessarily going to go full like make Nippon great again. You know, For, uh, foreigners ruining our culture. You know, uh, yeah, yeah. non king is non king isn't real. Yeah. All that shit. I don't think it's going to go that far. But like, it very much feels like somehow like the kids' version of it. Like how you right. would sell this bread of nationalism to children. And there's something like distinctly gross about that to me. But even on the just more base, like as a real robot fan level. Like, so, one of the conflicts that happens happens between the Occupier factions, right? Like, the idea is, okay, like, four four foreign nations have divided up Japan into their own, like, protectorate territories, right? But the implication is that there is still even, like, they are not a unified front, right? They are conflicting with each other. The problem they don't explain is why. Like... Right. Like for some reason, one of the factions, I think the U.S. like the U.S.A. coded faction attacks the Chinese coded faction, and it causes a bunch of collateral damage. I think it's, I think it's and, the Oceanians, so it's like Australia. Oh, Australia, I find the Australian coded faction, and like there's zero explanation why they're doing it. It's right. just like, oh, we're gonna show those Asians like how we do things, and it's like, why? I mean, like, even if they had a reason, here? is there like, yeah. Like, even if they had a reason to be there, then you could be like, oh, well, they're fighting over the resources or whatever, right. but, but it's not there's even just nothing. No, it's right. just like, oh, the, the <laughs> Asians are here. Well, let's let's shoot at them in the chaos. It's like, right. to what it's end? Like, to what end? Right, that's the thing. Like, I, like one of the weird things that Code Geass actually did that I kind of liked in its, like, roundabout way is, like, the weird, like, alliance that happens between the, like... The independent Chinese holdouts and the Black Knights towards the end of season one, right? Where it's kind of like very much an out, you know, an alliance of convenience. convenience, We both hate those white people, right? And it's like there was actually a little bit of interesting like geopolitics going on there. Like Kyokai Senki, none of it, nothing, no substance. There's nothing to analyze here, like. Like, I have nothing to hold on to. Like, Kyokai Senki is a formless sphere of an anime. Like. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's nothing. Yeah. There's nothing. There's no substance. This this show has nothing. Yeah. Just... It doesn't even have cool, like. Okay. I will admit, <laughs> my Kyokai Senki gunpla kit did arrive in the mail. Uh, oh, a gee, they got ago. you. That's how they of get course. you. No, of course they got me. They Plimo. won. They, they won. never ends. <laughs> If Kyokai Seki's one goal, even for people like me, was if they could sell even one kit to a person like me, they won. Yeah. So congratulations, Kyokai Seki. Your mecha design is pretty good. But <laughs> Yeah. Like, plot wise, there's nothing to work with here. Yeah. Yeah. Just well, complete... Ugh, you, nothing. You guys mentioned that whole backlog of other mecha shows you could be watching. <laughs> uh or as we talked about last time, maybe it's time to swap over to 86. Maybe. 86, 86. 86. Uh, at least they'll give you something to talk about. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's Christ. disappointing. 
waste of good robots. You hate I know, to see right? it. Yeah. I hate to see it. I look forward to Kyokai Senki took, showing up in designs a... and made a just new IGPX or something. Yeah, or I don't know, maybe just put. I mean, maybe Kyokai Senki will be fixed when they put it in Super Robot Wars, uh, <laughs> uh, inevitably. Yeah, right. Uh, whenever the whenever that happens, although I mean, this feels like the kind of show that you're going to forget the day the next anime season starts. Oh, yes, without a doubt. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, may, maybe like five years from now, as we're doing a blog retrospective, uh, we'll be like, "Hey, you remember Kyokai Senki? No, don't. no." <laughs> but uh, yeah, none says a, a a meme on the level of push the stop all war button. Yo, Biggie, deploy that tactical big-ass yes. ramp. Well, well, we'll never forget the price of smiles, so. <laughs> All right. We've paid the price of smiles. Let's move so, Let's move along to something very good. All right, let's move to Man, what a good fucking show. Um, so I marathoned Ranking of Kings last night and through last night into this morning. Man, yes. Tell us what you think. It's fantastic. <laughs> what a good show. Holy um, shit. Whatever you think it is in the first episode, just multiply that by ten. By the time you get to episode five, at least um, <laughs> the 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 level of I was not expecting the level of escalation. Um, oh yeah, to this story. Also, some of the just like totally wild things that happen. Um, <laughs> you, you guys didn't is... tell me. You know what really got me? Because this was actually in one of the one of the episodes we were talking about last time. You guys did not mention when. Um, when Bochi uh, seems like he's run out of friends and allies and family and everything, and he runs <laughs> in the cave, and he finds his friend, the giant two-headed talking snake. Yes, the formerly three-headed, now two-headed uh, snake. One-eyed well, snake. I will never forget. At least, at least I, I got this favor punch. left to cash in. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's so good. It's so good. And the great thing is, like, that snake doesn't even accompany him later. That snake just like, oh, all right, that's my one favor. Yep. <laughs> cashed it in. I hope, hope everything goes in. well, Bochi. See you later. <laughs> so good. Like, no explanation. I mean, other than the explanation that he saved the snake when it was young, right? And, like, it's great that that's all you need, right? Like, we don't need to, like... I think that's the great thing about, like, Ranking of Kings is that it feels like... How do I put this? It feels like fantasy. Or it mm. feels like what we want... Right. It feels like what we remember about the best fantasy, right? Like, of right. a world that is mysterious and unknowable, right? Where we we feel like outsiders watching, right? We don't understand the rules. We don't understand how things work. Like, I feel like so much fantasy these days, even good fantasy... Oh yes, it kind of, it kind of feels familiar, right? Like, okay, wizards do this. Oh, like, fantasy you know. is up there for genre incest. Yeah, right. it's like, it's like, like it's like you're in medieval Europe, and there's a little sprinkling of magic and right. Yeah, but like Frankie of Kings, which is ironically looks like maybe the most generic fantasy <laughs> right. setting imaginable, does all these like weird things right. with it that just feel off kilter enough to feel fresh. Let's, again. let's stop by in the forest with. Crazy Forest King, who will right, who is implied to be like the former number one king, yeah. <laughs> who like went mad with the revelation, and oh, oh, by the way, here the gate of hell's over there. Oh uh, yeah, also by oh the God, way, <laughs> guarded by an order of knights who just uh, stay there to fight back against the, the 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 demonic incursions into our world. Yeah, um, oh, it's I, so good. I, you know. I kind of thought of, um, particularly in the latest episode, the latest episode is the one they do the ritual to yes, this transfer the power of the king. Incredibly 
Um, circuitous. Oh my god. Obviously, uh, that was like some like ritual. <laughs> Doro Hidoro tier weird magic <laughs> I know, ritual. Right? Yes. I, th- I was like, thinking a lot about Doro. Oh, uh, right. When they, that. when they like cook that dude's body into a turkey or something, right? Yes. Yes. Where the, the one with the turkey mask cooks the. Cooks the like noy uh uh, uh like corpse into a look alike or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, that kind of just like totally out there. I mean, that feels like a Doro Hidoro bit, right? Like fucking N opens up his fucking like kitchen and he's about to fucking grind a sorcerer with a goddamn kitchen mix or something. Yeah, yeah, like they literally put him into like the meat in a grinder, blender. into like a blender. Like they put their giant king in a giant king size blender. Oh my god, it's so like I it's just like, I was not expecting that. I think level the thing I of... love about that is like the arcaneness of it is so arcane that it's like, oh, this isn't new. They know how to do this. These guys down here... Right, there's a process for this. There is a process, right? It's not just, all right, we blended up the king, drank the king. We have a weird magnifying glass room. Right. We built this giant oven to cook the phoenix down. Right? It's like like if you blended the king and you tried to drink the king and they would jump it like, no, are you stupid? You don't drink the blended king. You you put it in the orb and you you (laughs) hold it up to the light. It's like, God, have you never done this before? (laughs) No, I haven't! It's like... Yeah. (laughs) No, we um, gotta wait until it hatches into a, a phoenix and then chop its head off. And yes, we have this room with the king. We have this room to push the phoenix into, so we can chop its head off and it can bleed out. And uh, oh my god, <laughs> yeah. And so, on top of like just that, that then you've got the actual story and the characters, which are fantastic. Yes. Oh, yeah, no, it's great. Yeah, like I... um. You know, you guys kind of touched on, like, with the Queen, but kind of all the characters have, like, nuances of good and right. bad to them. Oh, there's so like, much interesting having stuff. Di- having died a, af- after this disgusting ritual actually be like, no, I'm not going to drink that. Right. Are you crazy? And, like, it, it's, it's like, I still want somebody to punt him across the room, but... Right, but it's, like, it's, it's that cool thing of, like, I think everybody who's looking at a character like Dida... It's immediately going to be like, oh, just like King Joffrey, right? Like Game of Thrones, shitty boy king, right? But like, in a weird way, is like the thing they do with Dida that feels really good is like, his refusal of the potion isn't even out of character, right? Right. Like the thing we learn about Dida is that he is a he is a young man defined by his pride. His pride is his greatest weakness, but in this moment, it is also his greatest strength, right? Like, he is furious he is seething at his weakness and inadequacy right as a king right he he desperately desires right. strength but when presented with a quick and like right. clearly evil messed up way to gain strength he still refuses it in, in like, this moment it prevents him from being manipulated like yeah yeah like i mean i gotta lie i i bet like in like two episodes that potion's gonna be in him one way or another like i just feel <laughs> like that's the kind of show this is but like the fact that he still initially refuses it is, I think, really, it, it, again, Solitary even writing. yeah, like, even a character like him who feels like the flattest character we've seen so far still has like right. this depth to him that like it's I don't just, know, man. It's just, just not pure cartoon evil. Yeah, right. Villain. Um, I mean, even Domus, like as much of a piece of shit as he is, <laughs> yeah. Like, there is an interesting thing going on with that character, right? I mean, they, I think they, I think they, it's establishing a reason for 
why they're committing these evil acts, and even right. though they're, even though they're still wrong, mm-hmm. like there's a logic logical thread as to why like you can understand how we got to this point it's not like they're just like well he's just evil and he wants to throw a kid into a fiery pit and like he's still (laughs) yes he he committed the evil acts but like he is he has remorse appropriately shook up (laughs) yeah i mean dude cuts off his own hand at the end of it all right right? like out of like self-loathing for what he's done and then you got um badass spear guy a PS, yeah. He's doing yeah. something. Oh, he's doing, doing something. something. I mean, but... here's, here's here's my speculation. Like, I know this manga's already out there, so we could just, like, find out for ourselves, but I'd rather just keep watching the anime. Yeah. Dida refuses the potion. Then a PS shows up to kill Dida. That's what forces That's what, Dida what to he, drink the potion. He's gonna, like, lick or, it like, off lick, the floor or something? Lick it off the floor, <laughs> right? Like, turns out, actually, Dida would have refused the potion, but a PS comes in here and ruins everything with his, like, weird anti-Dida murder boner. <laughs> yeah. Like, Who I, knows? I, I, just think, I would not be like surprised either way. Yeah. We, um, we, know, he, we know he's down there because we saw yes. him, but we ha- we, he did not take any action. In also, the that frozen episode. lady is, like, mm. Boji's mom, right? But she's like, not big enough. Is the thing. Right? I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, in like the look, first episode, something Boji is like clinging to his I, mother's I finger, and she's also I, a giant. All right, I guess you're right. Yeah, because because they they say Boji is, is a giant who was stripped of his power right. or something. Like. So, right. Yeah. Oh, speaking of, what do y'all think of King Waluigi? <laughs> <laughs> the ki- Waluigi is the king of hell. Uh, I gotta that, be honest, the moment I saw that dude's design, I was like, oh, this is great. Off, like, I, one piece or something. I like, can't wait for what this dude's deal is. Like, yeah. Crusader um, Kings, Crusader Knights. Uh, what's yeah, but ranking? yeah, I mean. What's his the, ranking? Oh, wait, wait. King Waluigi? Yeah. I bet. Hmm. If Dido's is like, what? They said 70 plays? 70 and King Boss was 7. Yeah. I kind of want to believe because I think it would just be funny if King Waluigi was ranked higher than King Boss. Right, looking like number just four, top five. Yeah. Like he's defending the gates of hell. Yeah, must be yeah. pretty badass. Must be pretty badass. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, they also have said. I mean, I think they literally say right that like strength alone doesn't determine a king's ranking, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like King Boss smashed that golem with a single swing of his club, and that was only enough to make him rank seven. So right, I feel they, like, right, yeah. Well, they they gave him a reason for that, right? Because they said if it was strength alone, he'd be number one. Right. So there was more than just strength to what makes a good king, right? I mean, right. there's that bit where like the inspector is like he's not just inspecting the king; he's inspecting the kingdom, yeah. right? Like, right. So I could definitely, I don't know. I guess, hmm. man, I don't know what what a cool, <laughs> what a great show. Yeah, there's there's like it's it's just firing like on all cylinders. It, it looks really fantastic. Is. Yeah. The animation is amazing. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, arts. that fucking that fucking fight between Bebin and, and Apias is so good. Yeah. Yes. Like, just. <laughs> um. Yeah, and it's like I I don't have I don't sort of think I have any like negative things to say about it. No, like, it's, it's it's just a really <laughs> solid show. It, it's um, got you know like it looks good. The animation's good. Um, I really like the art style. It's very different than. Yeah. Yeah. typical anime like we said before it looks like like a manga from the 60s or something yeah but yeah. but i i don't even know if that really does it full justice as i've now seen the show but um it, it has a unique look to it 
a lot of creativity injected into what could have been a very boring fantasy setting. Right. Um, I mean, he's got his little uh, shadow buddy. Uh, yeah, Kage. Is yeah, I mean, really weird. Sh- um, shout out, shout out, shout out to Kage because uh, I mean, the, he the real MVP. Ass. Yeah, yeah. We as we all, I mean, yeah, it's because we do these biweekly. We didn't have time to speculate about this on on a recording, but yes, like we were all pretty fucking sure Kage was the one uh, protecting Boji from all that shit and uh very right. gratifying when he fucking jumps out of that backpack uh-huh. yeah <laughs> ever tearful reunion yeah yes but yeah you got uh, the you know the, the the creative elements and great story and characters that really they really hit i mean some of those some of those moments hit hard they, they hit, like man they yeah. do they really do i mean it's it's super impressive um, and they, they managed to do some pretty um harsh things without feeling like overly cruel i feel like or like mm-hmm. um I, I, I was gonna spin that into a shot at uh to your eternity but oh um, <laughs> i thought you were gonna make a shot at made in abyss no I, I i was mostly okay with made in abyss with that stuff but sure. um yeah it's just it's <laughs> really good um gonna be interesting to see where that lands in the yeah, this, getting... this is a one core show, right? So yeah, we're no, we're no, I'm looking at this. It says 23. Oh, okay, right, two core. So that hmm, that might not uh, make it for because we're rapidly approaching our yeah, our anime of the year. It's just... next year, uh, show. <laughs> uh, all right, you know, I, I I I'll take it. Look, this is 2021 is very crowded. I do That's not so need bad. ranking of kings here to, to, to like to upset. Yeah, that would that would have uh, that would made for some interesting choices in our uh, oh top ten God. anime. I do much, not. There's been too much genuinely good stuff. I do not need ranking of kings running in on this battle royale at the last <laughs> drop, minute. Drop kicking Lugosi. Uh, <laughs> Star season two was this season or this year? This year. Yeah, uh, we can't do this. <laughs> yeah, we'll we'll, we'll 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 be getting to that very soon oh, before man. we know it. But uh, yeah, preview of what these dis- discussions are going to uh, look like. Start about. thinking now, everybody, what your anime of the year is. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, let's move along to uh, Lupin the Third Part Six. Did I see they uh, uh, switched to another famous detective? Or, uh... Yeah. Yeah. Um... First of all was the uh, the much vaunted Moroshi episode, which was uh, the episode. Yes, so the episode written by Moroshi, which was a big headline before the show aired. Uh, that episode was 15 minutes of dialogue from Ernest Hemingway's The Killers. And then five minutes of explaining that the past 15 minutes has been dialogue from Ernest Hemingway's The Killers. It is the most, like, gratuitously Mamoru Oshi written thing I, like... Look, I, I, I have a lot... Look, I love the first Ghost in the Shell movie. <laughs> I love Mamoru Oshii's Pat La- I basically love everything Mamoru Oshii has ever done with Pat Labor. Um, right. What about Angel's Egg? I think Mamoru Oshii might be an anime director that I I have to say, like, has got to stop taking himself so seriously. (laughs) (laughs) Because I think in some ways, a little bit like Anno, he is actually better the goofier the source material he's working with is. And... Mm. Like, 
look, man, Gunbuster, ride or die, okay? Like, Absolutely. I um, watched Gunbuster again recently with some people who had never seen it. It's a good, it's a good anime. It <laughs> is. We can't get into it, but my my, my point is, Mamoru Oshii is a name that carries a lot of weight to it, and I think that maybe Mamoru Oshii himself is being somehow like destroyed by the gravity of that weight because is is it's it frankly. Is it... Is it him not... believing the hype or him trying to live up to the hype? I don't know. That's the problem. <laughs> like, I really can't tell. Did and any of us I feel watch like... Vlad Love? Watch what? Vlad Love, that show he made, like, last year. Earlier oh, this uh, year, my god. Did not... Th- that sounds vaguely I, I, familiar. I didn't, I didn't hear, like, super promising things about it, so I was like... But, I, I again, like... like I, I'm bringing this up to highlight what you're saying, which is, like, that show was... was, was quote-unquote notable because it's by Mamoru Oshii when by all counts it was just like a goofy comedy by like mm. thing but if we ascribe too much like weight to Mamoru Oshii's name like are we not then inevitably disappointed by for example an episode of Lupin the Third Part 6 that's 15 minutes of Dollar from Arsenoi's Killers I mean, that sounds like it was going to suck regardless of who, who <laughs> wrote yeah, it from the way you're I, explaining it. <laughs> it's not a very good episode. It's kind of neat for a little bit. Like, at first, it's it's a shame because the next episode preview makes it look like the best type of Lupin episode. <laughs> and for me, the best type of Lupin episode is when a bunch of weirdo hitman assassins are trying to kill Lupin. Right. And, like, that's what it looks like initially because you got, like, fucking... Duke Togo. You know... Duke Togo is there. You got like a <laughs> hacker. You got like a weird knife yakuza guy. You got a. You got fucking like. You got like Chow Yun Fat dual wielding pistols here. Like, at, at first you're like, oh man, this is gonna be great, right? Like these all like, I was so sure. And this is maybe my fault for getting my hopes up. I was so sure this episode was gonna be like that one episode of Samurai Jack. Where like right. a bunch of assassins get hired by Aku and meet in a cabin, and they all brag about how good they are at at, at being assassins uh-huh. and how they're gonna totally fucking kill Samurai Jack like it's fucking nothing. And then the last thirty seconds of the episode are all of them trying to kill Jack, and Jack fucking <laughs> obliterates their asses in like ten seconds. <sighs> and I was so sure that's what this episode or, was gonna or the be. Episode Batman animated series where like all the yes, yes, where. Are... Are bragging about the times they almost got Batman, yeah. and then it turns out Lupin was there the whole time, disguised as uh, as as Killer Croc. Yes, yes. one of those two. It's neither. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, I just I don't know, man. And it's like, look, I, th- I think I think we said this last. I think I think we said this last uh, podcast, and I think we just have to come to terms with the, the reality that, like, look, not every Lupin series is that good. Yeah. Like, like. Part 5 proves that Lupin can still be that good, but it is not always consistently that good. Yeah. Yeah. And then, yeah, episode the next episode is, is the part one of a two-parter where uh, they are... Lupin gets transported back in time or something and is uh, facing up against uh, uh, Detective Akechi, uh, the noted Rampo Arugawa character. Uh, yes, I heard about that. And so I guess Sherlock Holmes wasn't enough, huh? We got to. So hit this made another. me go: Is this is the through line here? Just he's constantly up against famous detectives. 
for the season? Is that is that right. going to be a recurring thing? And also because he gets transferred back to the 1930s, and the plot is about how he found this time machine in Mongolia with the help of the Imperial Japanese Army. Hmm. Yeah, there's a bit of look. I I'm not look. I'm not saying Lupin of all things needs to be more culturally sensitive. I'm like, hey, Lupin is Lupin. But when they're talking about how like, oh, it was very difficult to get this artifact because of the unrest in Asia. It's like, yeah, I wonder who started that unrest. That that's uh that's a little that's a little touchy. But uh, I wonder who's responsible for all that unrest. Uh, see, see, Iroh, if you if you if you told me it was you know this Lupin series was going to be Lupin travels time and faces off against famous detectives, that sounds like it could be all right. Sure, but yeah. what so like wh- yeah. what happened though? <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, why why isn't that all right? So I guess. there are only two notable things. I mean, I'll say this: the, this this time travel episode I liked more than the Mamoru Oshii one. Yeah. Just even if it's just purely the gimmick of like Lupin is running into all of the other Lupin characters, but they're not the Lupin characters. They're, you know, the For, characters as represented characters or something. As, like. Yes, yes, exactly. So you know, that's not Jigen. It's Major this other something. guy. Yeah. Except. At the end of the episode, when Goemon shows up, and it's just a regular ass Goemon. Right. I again, it's just Goemon Ishikawa. I'm hoping that the joke is, I it's me Goemon Ishikawa the twelfth. Right, instead of the thirteenth. Like, right. Like it's just like I I called it like halfway through yeah, this episode yeah, 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 yeah. where I was like, man, I bet Goemon's gonna show up and he's just gonna look like a regular <laughs> Goemon, and that's gonna be the bit. And to be fair, they did it. They, they did. <laughs> the timeless man. That is pretty good. Uh, the second thought that we came to after watching this is if Lupin is going up against famous detectives and this is Japan, is Lupin going to face off against Columbo by the end of this series? Japan loves Columbo. Yeah, Columbo's been getting a lot of uh Yeah, it's had a sudden days. resurgence and uh, Japan loves Columbo. And Lupin right, the Third so... itself has had an episode or two with fake Columbo. Yes, and so... Columbo Jr. Uh huh. Is, Colum- is a So Columbo is the final boss? Dude, I'm I, 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 oh dude. I <laughs> that that might be the silver bullet they need to save part six. That'll save like, the uh, series. <laughs> like like the Lupin versus Columbo episode. Like the show has built up like for two cores straight about this final confrontation with Sherlock Holmes. And then like Sherlock Holmes gets fucking ran over by a car in the penultimate episode. <laughs> and then fucking Columbo is the true uh, final boss. It's Moriarty uh, gonna pull his face off to realize he was Lupin through all along. Like <laughs> Columbo, Columbo turns Shout to leave. To Peter Falk. Like, Columbo turns to leave and then turns back and he's like, wait, what? just one more question. Exactly. You said you were wearing a blue jacket when you were... <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, they set up this whole thing about like how Sherlock Holmes is a better sharpshooter than Jigen, a better fighter than Goemon and all this stuff. And then Columbo shows up and Columbo doesn't need any of that. In fact, no. Columbo is, is worse at all of those things than Lupin's crew. But he makes up for it with his pure fucking... Irrefutable hobo, logic. Hobo, LA hobo energy. Yeah, analytical <laughs> wisdom. Oh, that that would be fantastic. I'd watch that oh, episode. Uh, and now that we've said right. it, it's not going to happen. Oh, cool. So now that we've said it's not going to happen, because no, also Columbo not. isn't a public domain character, yes. so that can't happen. <laughs> yeah. 
Like, you can give him a different name, right? Like uh... Again, Columbo Jr. is a real Lupin character. That was yeah. not me doing a bit. There is literally an arc in one of the older Lupin shows about Lupin facing off against Columbo's son. Yes. Who has a skateboard. They, 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 they could find a way to make it happen. They're just, they're not going to. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, let's well, move along and talk tell about... Tell us about this one, Joe. Comey Can't Communicate... Our big high-profile comedy of the season. For so, for reference, because the episodes are all messed up depending on how you're watching. <laughs> Great. Um, I have I have watched up to episode five, so that is my frame of reference. Okay. I believe Netflix, at least as of yesterday, had released up to episode four, <gasps> and. <gasps> I think episode six aired last night I'm or something. Great. <laughs> so, so just for the frame of reference, I'm referring to episodes four and five on the on this episode of the podcast. Um, and yeah, as far as the that out of the way, it's still it's still a very solid comedy. I feel like they're losing maybe a little bit of steam because the um, not in the animation. Still looks fantastic. Throw that <laughs> I out imagine there. so. Um, but you know the the premise of the show is Comey is trying to get one hundred friends, so they are carting through tons of characters for her to make friends with, and some are you know better or more interesting than others. Um, you know the 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 core her her core friends that are like in every episode are obviously the main guy, uh, Todd Todd I, know, I think his name is. And um, the uh, everyone's childhood friend character, uh, Osana Najimi, the Osana Najimi. <laughs> so they're, they're like her core friends that are like in every episode as she's, you know, today we're going to meet, uh, you know, the, the other psycho lesbian stalker in the cast. Uh, man, Col- really, man, you know, I'm glad to see, you know, I- I'm so glad that uh, works, you know, media is so much more open-minded now. Now there's enough room for two <laughs> yes. token so Comey, psycho lesbians. Co- Co- Comey has two psycho lesbian stalkers. Back in the day, if you were a hard-working psycho lesbian, you'd be lucky to get even one slot in yeah. a piece of fiction. Oh, now- but they're, 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 different, they're different flavors, though. Cause- oh, yeah. Because the, the, the first one is, like, the glasses girl who is not, like, as openly... She just, like, quietly stalks her and then occasionally slips in statements about how she wants Comey to step on her. Oh. Whereas the other one is the more stereotypical, um, I will murder everyone that talks to Comey and I have pictures of her all over my room type of, uh... And, uh, yeah. She gets, like, a whole episode where she, like, kidnaps Tadano and everything and it's kind of... Yeah. Sure, kind of lame. Right. There's a couple good jokes in there, and then we had uh, there's a there's a the girl that wants to be Comey's rival, but nobody pays any attention to her whatsoever, and she's not better at anything than Comey is. <laughs> uh, but she's like constantly like, uh, like like they're doing like vision tests at the nurse's office, and she's like, I'm gonna have better vision than Comey, and, and you know, <laughs> she fails. So she she was pretty funny. Sure. And then, I mean, then it, it, sounds, it sounds like the show, like for better or worse, right? It's like, or, or the 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 benefit of having a huge cast, or the just the, the basic premise of I'm gonna make a ton of friends is like, hey, if you got a couple stinkers in there, you know what? They you can, can just, just kind of uh-huh. go to the next one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then the latest one, 
the the latest the, the latest episode is probably the worst one so far. So it's like episode five, I guess. Um, where they introduce the the Chunibyo girl, and they do absolutely nothing interesting or different with her whatsoever. She is the most uh, like she's got. Although <laughs> they do joke that she legitimately has to wear the eye patch, like she has something wrong with her eye that currently. Sure. But it, it's the you know the exact like you can probably write the dialogue for it yourself um <laughs> and that was that was a little disappointing so um i don't know like you said it because it, they go by so fast like you might get like half or three quarters of an episode per character um you know you can just keep moving on go to the next one um i like the general sense of humor there are still some decent jokes in there just like but you know nothing as I think quite as fun or even like uh, I guess the the more uh, heartwarming I guess aspects of the show they don't really get into that as much either. It's just like they're kind of going through the motions in a way. But that said, you know I'm still enjoying it. It's it's a very solid comedy. Uh, I. At least at present rate, I don't think it's coming for the crown from any of the other top Glorio comedies that we've had. Mm-hmm. I mean, they don't always have to, but, right? Sometimes, yeah. you know, something can just be, you know, Fine. Uh, like, a warm blanket, right? Like, I, com- yeah. Something comfortable, right? I've been in such a, I've been in such a drought for one of these what, shows. What is, that... what is the top dumb Glorio comedy at this point? Solnozaki? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I, mean, I feel the... like that depends on what you're looking for, right? Because yes, I think it's like if you're looking for like the best mix of like sincere and funny, that's different from like the ones that are just the most funny, yeah. even like, if they have no substance. Right? Yeah, if you want, like if you want, like if you want what is just like the the funniest, like laughs per minute, probably I I, I might go with Sabagebu actually. Yeah, but everyone is a dirtbag in Sabagi Boo, and right, there is right. no a horrible human being. In that <laughs> there is no heart to Sabagi Boo. Exactly right. Whereas if you want something with a little more substance, I I don't know. Like I th- I think Kaguya-san was a very well balanced one. Sure. That's a yeah. Very good, I I mean that's I, a good I hate all to fucking bang that drum every time an anime comedy comes up, but it's like damn. It's a it's a good all rounder. But if we're what talking like good... my personal favorites, yeah. I might go like. You know, Hinamatsuri or something like ah, that. Ah, yes, man, Hinamatsuri. God damn. Uh, that 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 ha- that has a surprising. That's a good mix of like dirt bags, but also a surprising amount of heart to it. Man, um, season two win, you 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 assholes. You, you, you got, just got to read the manga. I dude. know I need to just read the manga, just, but to, yeah, it's it's very good. Do it for Anzu. <laughs> that's just <laughs> that's just a general statement for everyone. Fair enough. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah, I, I I'm enjoying it. It's fit like I think I think you're right, G. Just saying as a you know this is comfort food, a warm blanket. I'll take it. Um, I just uh, G- I wish the <laughs> G. Are we just counting the days until we can get Gel to watch Spy X Family? I mean yes. Uh, oh, that did get that is Gel, getting the anime right. Yeah. So Gel will love Spy X Family. I, that, <laughs> like, I, from I, what I will, it, I'll fucking I, I will put money yes, on the goddamn line. Like, Gel, Gel's gonna love that show. Like from what I have. <laughs> From what I have seen of the the manga, yes, I, that does seem like something that will be right up my uh, yeah. As, right as, my as long as as long as the adaptation does not hit like Golden Kamui levels of awful, like that anime is going to be fucking killer when uh when it shows up. Yeah, I am looking forward to that. So, 
All right. Let's... I mean, speaking of comfort food... <laughs> talk about Sakugan. Uh-huh. So, I... You know what? I'm going to let you guys go first on this one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so speaking of comfort food that maybe uh, tried to spin mm. the chair around and get real with the kids yeah. uh, to middling results, yeah. I think this specific two-parter... No, look, I'm not saying this is hit, like this is the beginning of the Fena downturn. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I am I'm not, not saying, saying it's not. <laughs> Ouch. I, I just think that, look, you know, it's like how sometimes you tell an actor to stick to comedy. Mm. <laughs> I, I think Sakugan needs to stick to what it's good at. Yeah. Because... And I think there's still some good things in both these episodes, but when it does start to step out of its initial comfort zone, I feel like you start to see the cracks form. Yeah. Um, the first of the two, where they kind of go to like this like fucking ancient machine that is implied to be the like life support system of the entire underground civilization, right? Is kind of interesting in the sense of like, oh, like what's the mysterious lore of this place? But also, yeah. like, I'm not sure I care that much about the mysterious lore yeah, of Sakugan. Yeah, I certainly don't. Like, I, th- like I, the- I think with this show, I would be satisfied with just a, like... <sighs> and mankind was driven underground by the baddies! Like, I'd be like, yeah, right. okay. And get back to Big Tony. Yeah, so, like, yeah, like, this whole, like, ah, oh, we got A criminal explore. lack of Big Tony, these two episodes. Yeah, yeah, not a lot of Big Tony, which also, like is also, al- yes, also a, a notable uh, mark against the, the, these episodes. Um, but, yeah, you know, the first of the two, like, I guess it's, you know, like, I guess the most interesting thing is, like, ah, you know, like, Mamempu, she's just so driven by her ambition and curiosity and, like, mm-hmm. it gives her a sense of wonder about the world she's exploring, you know? And it's like, alright, that's sweet and all, but, like, I don't know. I kind of just preferred, you know, like, I think these characters are better when they're just being unrepentant dirtbags to each other, right? Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like that is why I got very, I really liked the first half of, um, what is this, episode five or six? Six, right? Like uh, uh, six is the latest one. Yes, yes. I really like the first half of episode six, where it is explained that Gagumber gambled away all of the money he got, and you know is on the run from these like you know gangster bounty hunters, and are then forced to be put to work by them. Because Which all happened under... like in between episodes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? It, and is like explained that like ah they were hired by Zekletu, uh to because hey you st- she she still wants her million uh double dollars or whatever right. and uh, I I liked that part right I was like, okay this is funny this is your like we're press gained to doing menial labor mm-hmm. to pay off our debts right there's that great bit where like. Mamemp, who is like, this is unfair. Like, neither I or Gagumber have any money. Like, this is criminal. And then they fucking pull up the fucking recording of Gagumber gambling away. <laughs> gambling, all right. And fucking Mamemp, who does the fucking, like, Akuma backstep. Shadow steps over yeah, to the yeah, other side. Over to the other yeah. side. <laughs> it's just, like, that's a really good visual gag. Yeah, it's that really was very funny. That was very good, yes. And then the second half tries to, like, get Be Capital like R real yeah. in, like, a way that, like, 
the message feels very muddled. Like initially, like the message feels like ah, there it's a satire of like capitalism, right? Like it's a satire mm-hmm. of the like quote right. unquote capitalist meritocratic society, right? Where everyone is equal, right? That's... Of oh, a truly equal society is where everybody has access to the same opportunities, and it doesn't like you know, and it you know it conveniently glosses over the reality that like people because of their like you know. People aren't starting at the same place. Exactly. Right? Yeah, they might have they may have equal opportunities, but they're not starting at the same place. Exactly. Right. right? Yeah. Like at, at first, it feels like it's going for that message, right? Uh-huh. Like ah, like the downtrodden, you know, those who who live in certain home situations or are you know disabled, I'm, I, whether mentally or physically, like you can't offer them the same. You know, there's a there's there's a difference between equality and equity. Right. And. Right. At first, it's like, okay, fine. If this is what you're going for, for, like, your theme of, like, this town. If you're after-school special about, uh, message for this episode. Right, yeah. and it's going to be about the underdog sewer rats rising up. Sure, whatever. I, I, I'll do this, right? Like, I could do an episode of Bring Down the Man. And then it, like, gets really confused, like, towards the end. Like, And the pacing is, like, really hectic. Like, like it yeah. seems like... Two this should have been into one. every every single person I've seen say anything about this, myself included, has said they should have been two episodes. Like, and then it starts like because yeah, because then it becomes like a plotline about like um, Yuri, the new guy, like the gang leader, like his like ah, he's descending into like extremism or something, right? Like his he's going too his, far. He's going right, full his, anarchy. Uh, you know, right. destroy I, the I government. I mean, when I was watching this episode, I was like. Sounds good. Yeah, right. I was, like, like, I was yeah. watching this, and I was like, "Yuri literally hasn't said a wrong thing this entire yes. episode." Yeah. Like, and then fucking Gagumber of all people being the fucking enlightened centrist, who's mm. like, "No, man, you gotta like, the government's bad, but you gotta do it the right way. You gotta go to the polls." <laughs> it's like, what? Yeah, like, you, the fucking dirtbag who just like earlier this episode gambled away all of your savings, like feel like you have any like moral ground to stand on. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole and the whole like it was just very a very muddy message. Right. And I don't know what they were trying to actually say in the end. No, it's it's really I, confusing I, and yeah. Or, or if they were trying to not say anything at all, I don't know, but I feel like maybe that's what it is, right? Cuz even the conclusion is equally like, you know, cliché, right? Of ah, we got a recording of the mayor acting bad. So, Oh yeah, that's a huge definitely... that's a huge assumption that that would co- make uh, any difference yeah, in again, someone's political we, career. That, that has been completely debunked by the past like, 45 years of Yes, existence. as if the last 4 years have not proved that the media can uncover the most heinous shit about a person imaginable and that will not make I any difference. I will repeat the only reason that I that I that I was on board with that this this setup in Akudama Drive was because they explicitly hacked the state propaganda machine. And that right. everyone was still too fucking stupid to do anything about it, except for when the state propaganda shark and bunny were like, "This is bad," and then everyone went, "Oh, this is bad." Right? Yes. Like, I mean, God, that last episode of Akadama <laughs> Drive was so good. Like, you could argue that like Akadama Drive was like terminally cynical, but also like willing to ball harder than like any other anime that has aired in years. So I, I think Akudama Drive was about as optimistic as you could possibly realistically be, but uh that's yes, uh yes. in in our present day. But 
Yes, they handled. Maybe, they covered yeah, some anyways. similar themes in a much better way than whatever. And I also think that Akudama Drive did it over the course of like thirteen episodes. Yes, that's like true. that's right. the other thing, right? Like Akudama <laughs> Drive had the time to explore, like what drives people to extremism, like what drives people to oppression, right? Like Sakugan you, you, tries to do this in twenty two minutes and arguably Can't. mostly fails. Yeah. Like, I mean, and yeah. my only hope for the show is like, well. Based on the OP, it seems like we have collected the full party. And the next episode preview opens up with Mamempu open hand slapping everybody. And I don't know, that looks like it might be pretty funny. So, like, if we have gotten off the politics ride and, like, we're back to, like, just, like, dumb, goofy antics for the rest of the show, like, you know, I, I think okay with that. I'll be okay with that. Like, we'll still yeah. look back on this episode as a weird outlier, but, like... Let's hope that's all it is. But, yeah, yeah so and, if they can and, get the train back on, on track. Yeah, and, like, I, I wouldn't mind if they wanted to tackle politics, but they have to do the work to make it work. They have work. to do the work, right? And I mean, that's the thing, right? Nothing, and we're we're halfway through the, the season now. Like, that's kind of too late to yeah. get any of that started, I think, at this point. Because um, it's like... Yeah, I mean, it's not like it's not like Sakugan had none of it, right? Like, there are tidbits of it here and there, right? Like, I'll remember the detail, like, episode two, when, like, Gagumbra and Mempu become uh, explorers, or whatever they're called, right? And to become one, you have to sign away your citizenship. Right. Because, right. you know, and you have to sign away your, like, rights to, like, basically, like, public utility, right? The, mm-hmm. the implication being that, like, the the reality of being a marker is so like lethal that like yeah on some level the moment you become one you have signed away your right to be a citizen like, like protected by a the citizen. government like yes and it's like there are bits of that were like okay like that was an interesting detail yeah like i i didn't mind stuff like that but yes it it is just way too late to try to tackle topics this like complex with these types of characters right like I like Mamempu and Gagumper. They are not the characters to explore this type of like theme with. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So. I, I I think I agree with all that stuff. I'm gonna throw in some bigger picture things okay. that are gnawing at me. All right. Now, oh, now I I I'm still I'm still enjoying Sakagon, yeah. and I'm I'm not saying the show has completely fallen off or anything so let's just get that out of the way i guess but i am kind of getting tired of it <laughs> like particularly i don't know gagumber and memphis like relationship and their characters are kind of wearing thin on me a little bit like i'm not saying there needs yeah. I- i'm not saying they need to like totally changed by the end of the show, but I would like to see some kind of progress in their characters. Like you would I, think... I, I think that is an entirely reasonable ask. Yeah. Um, you know, as, as much as I just said, hey, stick to stick to comedy and, like, do what you know, I do think that, like, even shows with tones like Sakugan, like, you, you still have to have some sort of, like, end goal transformation for your characters, right? Whether Whether big or small, right? I mean... I mean, for you know, I mean, hell, you know, to like use a like inevitable comparison, you know, look at say the relation, you know, look at look at Simon in 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 Gurren Lagann, right? Yeah. Like like look at his character from episode one to you know episode twenty six, right? 
or hell, even like episode eleven, even even the first arc of Gurren Lagann, right? right? Like like compare, you know, that character, right? And like, yes, that's a show that's very goofy. It's very like over the top, but like the characters still develop in their own ways within the context of the narrative, and right. yeah, and that that's just I, basic storytelling, regardless of your genre. Right, that's that storytelling one hundred and one, right, regardless of tone. And I guess my feelings on Sakugan is like. I think we will get some of that. I don't know how much we're going to get, but I feel like inevitably there is going to be some evolution in the in like either the characters themselves or the relationship between uh, Mamempu and Kagumber, right? Like, because it feels like this whole show has been building up to this idea of like they both need to learn from each other, right? Yeah. Like, right. Mempu needs to understand where Gagumber's concern comes from. As someone who was a former marker who, at least based on the flashback episode, witnessed his friend Daya horrifically bloody <laughs> yes. death. Um, right. Turn to paste or something there. And, the and of course, Gagumber in turn needs to understand that, you know, like, children grow up, right? And I think we will head in that direction by the end of this show. I'm just not sure how much we'll actually get. Yeah, so my thing is they, they have those moments where they come to their, you know, understanding practically every episode, and then the next episode it's back to you. Well, you're just a stupid kid. You need to stay home, and, <laughs> and you're just a cranky right. old man who doesn't do anything. And, like, we, we it's like we had the same conversation six episodes ago. Like, right. I'm not saying it, you totally eliminate it, but there should be some kind of... I don't know, progress on that. It just gets frustrating it, to It feels like the frustrating thing of, like, I think why many of us were driven to anime in the first place. Because I bet every single person here in this podcast currently has watched a Western cartoon its wheels in which like a character yes. would go through character development, and, and by the next episode, yeah. the status quo would be resetted, right. and each one of us would like internally seethe at the lack of like any meaningful development in these characters. Right. And then each one of us probably independently found anime <laughs> and we're like, oh my god, these characters actually like yeah, change from yeah. episode to episode. There's a start in the middle and an end to all of this. <laughs> yes. Um and it's not just designed to sell toys for as long as possible. Well, some of them, some of them well, are. sometimes. Uh, <laughs> I got Big Tony coming in the mail. So. Yes, well, that I I, I can respect <laughs> that. Um, yeah, so I mean, there's that. Um, I still have the sinking feeling that there's going to be some kind of overarching save the world plot, like we were talking about last yeah. time. I feel like the they start introducing the... the that that magic liquid in the yeah. pipes. And, like, the big machine, and, like, yeah. also, like, we see a briefly, like, there's these mysterious hooded figures. Right, and it's who've like... been implied to be chasing down the map that Mamempu has. And yeah. it's like, oh, man, this, we're, yeah, like... That worries me way more than anything else. That... I mean, look, I don't think the show is necessarily going to end with, like, a fucking ghost telling Mamempu that she has to decide whether to reset uh, the world. I don't know. Mamempu <laughs> is the primordial virgin... Oh god. Like I said last time, the, the, the core of Big Tony uh you know is the catalyst that goes into the tower the top of the tower that they're going to. Memku needs to decide if she pushes the stop all war button. Yeah, and that, that, that activates the stop all war button and she has to decide, you know, do we do you do you implement human instrumentality or uh do you uh, Okay, but also what if all of this happens? But Mamempu makes a very funny-looking face while it happens. <laughs> All right. All right. That might be okay. <laughs> okay. 
they, they haven't they haven't slacked off on the face game. So yes. the, the funny anime face game. So I'll give them that. But yeah, I just I, I can see some holes getting poked in the boat here yes. and some water seeping in, and I'm a little I'm a little I'm a little concerned. But yeah, I, I'm like, not giving like, up hope yet. We're like banging on the ceiling. We're like, hey, uh, Captain, um, are are you gonna patch this up? It's <laughs> you can still fix this. Yes, there's still time to fix it. But uh, you know, we're halfway through too, so I don't know. It's yeah. hmm. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, unless you guys want to give a quick shout out to Thunderbolt Fantasy, you're still watching that. We are two thirds through season two. Yes, yes, we are we are closing in on season two, and uh, I mean spoilers. Still a really good yes, show uh, with great characters. I will say uh, I did. I'm the kind of person who highly values the uh, the um, way season one was very self contained, and I think because season two is obviously building up to a larger story arc. My understanding is it does continue to season three and possibly beyond. Uh, I'm a little less enthused on the whole, uh, but I could see myself like getting more into it as we get further into the story. Uh, yeah, I, I think I think it's just for for Eero and I. It's like I think the moment to moment in season two is still very good. You know, yeah. you still have a lot of just really great bits of puppet acting. <laughs> but um, I think for us, it's like we're still having a really good time, but. I think we are waiting for the meta plot to take shape, like because I'm not gonna say it's spinning its wheels because it is building to like a climax, but like you know, it feels like we were building to the climax of a part one, if that makes sense. Right. Whereas like season one was like start, middle, end, right? Yep. We got to stop Bet's a Ten guy from getting the sword, so we're going on a quest to stop that and from then, happening. Yeah, it goes full circle, and you have a really satisfying conclusion. And all whereas that. like season two feels like. Yeah, like act one of a grander plot. And in some regards, that means that we do not get the same types of climaxes. Yeah. But... It might make it you know, a lot I, more dramatic once you do get to the end, though. Yes, yes. I I, I, I have so much goodwill for this show <laughs> that, you know, I am still, like, having a really good time yes. with it. And I'm willing to see where it takes us. Yeah. For sure. I, uh... Uh, maybe I'll get back to that now that... But I'm, I'm actually still watching a lot of shows now, so... <laughs> um... I do want to get back to it though. I think I'm up to episode five. I don't remember okay. what. I don't remember where I left off plot wise. Um, it might have been right after the Screaming the main Phoenix guy killer. and they they have their duel in the mind. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which was fantastic. But um, all right. So that is going to do it then for this episode. We can do our housekeeping. You can check us out at theglorialblog.com. Um, we're probably rapidly approaching year-end stuff, but that's might be too early to talk about that. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at the Gloria Blog. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, Podbean, Stitcher, and you can check us out on YouTube, where you can like, comment, subscribe, ring the bell, all that good stuff. Tell your friends. Tell your enemies. And we'll see everybody next time.